Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. I, I need to give you something. I mean, you, you all came here. I'm going to give you something. And uh, we, we're actually, we're going to begin a, um, a series um, on the life of David. We're going to talk about David for the next four weeks. Is there any water down there, bro? Uh, for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about David. Um, and today I want to start with a little, a little short, we'll do it quick because I know you've been here a while already. But, um, but we're going to discuss across the next four weeks. So we're going to unpack the life of David and pull some things out of it because there's so much in, in David's life that is practically applicable to our lives. I don't know about you, but for me, I, I feel like I connect I feel like I get David, you know? And I feel like David, if we were hanging out, he would sort of get me too. Um, Daniel, I struggle with because Daniel intimidates me. Um, Because Daniel's just a little bit too perfect, you know? Like I'm inspired by him and I think, bro, like when we get to heaven, I mean, talk to me. Like they were gonna send you to a lion's den and, and it was unjust. And the first thing you did was go to pray. I mean, I, I wish I could get up here and tell you as your campus pastor, that would be my response, but it probably would not. I mean, they would be dragging me to that lion's den, kicking and screaming. Don't look at me like you would do it different. Daniel's a harder, it's harder for me to get there. Joseph, again, like the guy was just so patient in the prison. He's patient. Joseph is unjustly accused, right? Written off by his brothers, unjustly accused, thrown in prison. While he's in prison, the dude's still helping people. I would love to say that that's what I would have done, but I don't think I would have. I'm just not that spiritual. If I'm in a prison as a result of following the call of God on my life and dudes come up and say, hey, can you interpret my dream? I'll be like, interpret your own stinking dream, bro. These these figures in the Bible, sometimes a a big jump for me to get there because it's, we read them and of course I'm messing and playing with you this morning and we're inspired by them. But there's something about, just the rawness of the life of David and just the grit that we see in David's life that I feel like it's easier for us as carnal people that we are trying to just navigate our way through this thing called life. We can connect with somebody like David. Because when I look at the Psalms in David, I I don't see somebody that's always happy with everything that's going on. I can hear the frustrations in David's life and in his journey. I, I, I feel like David's, it's relatable. I, I, David wears his heart on his sleeve. David's the type of dude where, you know, I mean, you get what you get with David. He's 
that, that David's a guy of passion. He's a guy of, of worship. He's, he's a lover of the Lord. He's the, we know it, the Bible says, and we'll read it in a second. He's a man who was known as a man after God's own heart. David wasn't perfect. I mean, David screwed up big time. And as we look at his life and we study him across the next few weeks, so I'm setting it up for us, but, but I want you, I want us to take the posture of leaning into the story because maybe God will show us something in David's life that we haven't seen before and something that can help us as we journey through the life and the plan that God has for us. And so with the story of David, I, I want to discuss something today and, and I'm going to try and hit it quickly. But I want to talk about an aspect of David's life that perhaps you haven't seen before and haven't, haven't talked about before, but something that I felt like God showed me. David, when we think of him, we typically have these default characteristics, if you like, or, or, or giftings that we think of. We think of David the leader. We think of David the worshipper, of course, we think of David, a man after God's own heart. We think of David, the warrior. We think of David, the poet who wrote so many of the Psalms. But what I wanna talk to you about tonight is something that I think we see evident, especially in the early years of David's life. And then as we follow it through, you'll see it as a bit of a thread. That David was somebody that was incredibly content with where God had him. And what I wanna share with us today is this thought, I wanna talk about the key of contentment. The key of contentment. And I know it's a little bit of an obscure thought in relation to the life of David, again, because we don't think of it typically. But I want you to see that everything that David did, everything that David stepped into, the grandeur and the greatness of David's life began first with an attitude of contentment. Contentment is to be at peace and happy where you are right now. We shy away a little bit from contentment because we often get contentment confused with complacency. Contentment is not laziness. Contentment is not refusing to grow, refusing to learn. But contentment is finding peace. Even in knowing that God has called you to something greater, it's finding peace in the place that God has you right now. This is very counterculture because we love to talk about vision and we love to talk about a dream and we love to have passion and drive to move forward, a motivation to grow and do great things and become great things and achieve great things. And all of those things are amazing and are great, but we have to understand that achieving everything that God has for our tomorrow has to begin with us first being content with our today. Because your God is a God of seasons. God does everything in seasons. 
We know it and you've heard me mention it before, but if you just look at creation, the simple fact that the God who created the heavens and the earth, who could have created everything just with one single word of His mouth in a moment, chose to do it across a period of time and a period of six days resting in the seventh, that every day had a purpose. That every day built on the last day. This speaks to us of the nature in which God does things. And when we understand what it is to be content where we are, it sets us up for where God has called us to go. In 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14, this is where we're introduced to David. Not by name just yet but by his posture in pursuing the heart of God. And Samuel, the prophet, arrives on the scene and Saul at that time had been disobedient. Remember Saul, Saul was the one that was operating as king that the people had chosen. And Saul is, is, is in this situation where he's disobedient. And Samuel comes on the scene And Samuel says to Saul and says to the people, God's done with you, Saul. And then the wording is in in, in 1 Samuel 13 verse 14, it says that God has sought after a man, sought a man himself, I'm sorry, that is after his own heart. The word sought, it means to seek, to find. If you, are, if, you are sought, if you are seeking something, trying to find something, then that suggests that that thing that you're trying to find is amongst other things. So this shows us that, that God looking down had to sort through other people who did not have a heart after the heart of God in order for God to find David. When I looked at that, a prayer rose up within my heart and my spirit. And I said to myself, God, my prayer is that you would find me as being a man after your own heart. I don't wanna be somebody that God has to sort through in order to find somebody else. I don't wanna be somebody that God looks at. We don't wanna be people that God looks at and says, yes, they have the gifting. Yes, they have the ability. Yes, they have the opportunity, but they just lack the heart after me. The challenge for us is would God find us as being somebody who has a heart after the heart of God? And so David is spoken of here in this verse, but I wanna show you where I get this this idea of David as being a man who's content, contentment, a man who's at peace. Even in difficult times and in challenging times, it was contentment that allowed David to write Psalm 34 and verse one, where David said, I will bless the Lord at all times even during the hard seasons, even during the difficult times, even when you would wish it would be different, contentment will set a platform for your praise. When you are in a difficult time and a challenging time and you wish things were different, it'll be a spirit of contentment that will allow 
you to be at peace and still give your God praise, even though you wish it was different. It's contentment that will allow you to be asleep in a storm. It's contentment that will allow you, David, to serve the brothers that you're called to one day lead. It'll be contentment, David, that will allow you to actually go and play music for the King who is acting crazy and he's sitting in the position that you're called to have, to be at peace where you are. In this verse, and I've never seen this before, but where it says that God has sought a man after his own heart, I want them to put it on the screen. And then the second part of the verse, I want you to look at it. It says that God has commanded this man, David, to be commander of God's people. Now at this point, David has not done anything. David has not killed a giant. David has not been anointed king. David is a nobody. But according to this verse, God has spoken to David while David is doing nothing, just watching after his father's sheep. God speaks to him and says, you're gonna be king one day. But does David see it come into fruition right there and then? No. Can David see how it's gonna possibly happen? No. Is David able to look across his lineage and and see his, his family tree and think, yes, of course I'll be king? No, because if you know David's family tree, his family was a mess, was an absolute disaster. The first thing, and this is what I wanna give you, I wanna give you a couple of keys to contentment. I want you to see that what contentment is, I want you to write down. Contentment is a quiet confidence in who God is. A quiet confidence in who God is. The first area that we see David is very content in is David is content David is quietly confident in God's plan for his life. Are you confident in God's plan for your life? Or do you feel like you've got to make it happen? Are you content that God has a plan for your life and that you're gonna fulfil it in its fullest form? Or are you trying to orchestrate things and navigate things and network and manipulate and position yourself and others around you in the plan that you want for your life, trying to give God help that God does not need? Or are you content? Are you at peace? Just like David had to be out looking after sheep when God says to David, you're gonna be king one day. If that was us, bro, I would leave those sheep quick as you can say it. I'd be marching off to the house saying, hey, listen, it's the time for a pay rise, bro. Like, let's get this thing going. I just got a word from God. 
Listen, if we, if we felt like that was our calling, we would not be content to stay where we are. Bro, we would be attending every little business conference, networking, meeting function with a little sticker. Hi, my name is Ben, ready to meet and greet any cat we came across because we are wired to make it happen. In our natural desire and our natural passion to to achieve and to do great things. And, and that's all great, but we have to understand what it is to actually be content and let God do what He wants to do in our life where we are right now. This is what we see in David's life. There was a confidence that he had in God's plan for him. Confident enough that when he gets invited to the house and Samuel starts anointing him as king, even then David still mentions nothing and doesn't try to force his way or make anything happen. We would not do that. It's to be completely at peace, to completely, to be completely happy right now in knowing that God's got a plan and God goes before me and God will open the doors that He wants me to walk through and He'll close the ones that I don't. And I don't, He doesn't need me to be the doorman. He doesn't need me to go and open doors that have not been opened in front of me. And some things that look like we wanna walk into them, how many of us have experienced before when we thought it was gonna be something that it wasn't and we opened a door and walked in and then we bounced back out real quick, realising, hang on, that's not what I thought it was. Being content, being at peace, saying, God, the plan that You have for me is far beyond what I could think, ask or imagine. God had a plan for you before you had a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that. He formed you, He understood you, He knew you before you were formed in the womb. He was orchestrating a plan for you. Who are we to think that He needs our help? God is really good at doing what He does. In case you haven't worked that out yet. He was confident God's plan. I want, I want you to write down as well. I want, the second thing I want you to write down is David was confident in God's provision. This stuff's not gonna hype you, but it will help you. God's provision. Confident in knowing that God is his provider and he's Job security is not, people are not God. He was confident and was content that God was His provider. Do you really, truly trust God enough to be completely at peace with what you need? Psalms 103 Verse one to five, bless the Lord, listen to it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all His, say it like you're awake, all His. 
who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with what? Good things. This feels good. Good things. This is David saying, God's got it. God's got me taken care of so that your youth is renewed like eagles' wings. Trusting in God, being content, that'll do more for you than Botox, I promise you. And it'll be cheaper because it's already been paid for. This is what it is when you're content, when you are content, He says right here, God will provide you and He'll renew your youth. There's something liberating about being content when you free yourself from having the burden of having to supply your own needs and you can trust that God meets your needs and be confident in that you free yourself in knowing that God's got it. In difficult times, it can be so easy when we are surrounded by challenges and stress and worry and concerns. These things can so quickly steal us of our contentment. Steal us of those moments, those little moments in life where God wants to just use anything and everything to remind us that He is still God. Even though you're in the middle of challenges and difficulties, He is still God. And where you are is not where you're gonna end up and it's just a season and you'll come through it, but don't let it steal your peace while you're on the journey. A couple of days ago, I was at home and, and um, I was with my daughter, Leah. She's three. She turns four in May. And, uh, and I was at home and there was so much going on. I was, I was on my phone, texting on my phone. And, you know, it, it was just, a, there was a lot going on with family and work and just, just everything. And I was so just, just stressed, overwhelmed, just trying to work out things. And Leah, my daughter, she comes up to me. And uh, she says, Dada, she says, Dada, will you push me on the swing? Will you push me on the swing? And, uh, you know, I, I was on the phone and I, I just, I forget what I said. I, I, I just said to her, hang on one second, baby, give me a second. And I, I, I basically almost sort of just shoved her off while I kept doing it on my phone. And, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And He said this, parents, you'll understand this. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, there will come a day when she's older and you will beg to push her on that swing. And it hit me like, I'll never forget, I'll put my phone down and I looked and I said, baby, you want me to push you on the swing? She lit up. She said, yeah, I said, let's go to the swing. I bought her this swing when she turned two. It's this little sort of wooden swing with ropes, whatever. And on the back of the swing, I wrote, uh, when, I, when I gave it to her, I wrote her name and her birth date. And then under it, I wrote the, the title. It's a little song. It's a John Legend song that I've, I've sung to her. She's still young enough to think that I can sing good. <laughs> Shut up. And <laughs> on the back of the swing, I wrote the name of the song. It's called You and I. And I'm pushing it on the swing. She knows what's on the back of it. I've you know, told her a thousand times. I was pushing her on the swing and, you know, her little curly hair, her hair is a mess because I'm still working out how to do that. 
They say it's tangle free spray, but it doesn't work. It does not work, I'm telling you. I'm pushing her on the swing and she's smiling and she says to me, Dad, what's on the back of the swing? She knows what's on the back of the swing. She just wants me to hear, wants to hear me say it again. And I said, it says your name, baby. And then it says your birth date. And then it says that song that you love. And she's like, the John Legend song. I said, yeah, the John Legend song. I remember in that moment as I'm pushing her in the middle of everything that was going on in my world, I remember as I'm pushing her, looking at her, talking with her, I felt this wave of contentment peace and happiness just come over me. How many times do we miss those moments because we allow what's around us to rob it? And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna enjoy this moment right now. And yes, there's stuff going on, but wow, I've got a lot to be grateful to God for. Yes, we could look and say, man, I can't believe this happened. I wish this was different. And Dealing with this and managing that, it's all about contentment. It's about what you want to choose to focus on. What do you want to focus on? And, and, and you know whether you're focusing on the right thing or not, because what do you feel when you focus on it? And in that moment, I was allowed to experience, I was able to experience this moment of peace, happiness, and contentment that God is my provider and God will take care of everything. But right now in this moment, God has given me something to take care of and her name is Leo and she's three. And I'm not gonna miss what God has called me to do right now in this moment because I'm so worried or concerned about the next. It's contentment. Are you content? Yeah, I know you're believing for a breakthrough. I know you want it to be different. I'll believe with you. I've got the faith for you. I'll stand with you. Let's pray. Let's believe. But let's not miss what God is trying to teach us right now. Was David going to be king? Absolutely. Was he going to take out Goliath? Absolutely. But right now, he's a shepherd boy. And if he gets so focused, if this, if this kid gets so consumed with becoming a king, he will miss the opportunity to practice the very thing that he needed on the battlefield to take out Goliath that would provide a way to kingship. Because if he hadn't have honoured the moment that God had him in, he would never have learned how to use a sling. And if he didn't learn how to use a sling, he wouldn't have had a weapon to go up against Goliath on, against. And he would have never taken that pathway to kingship. What's God given you right now that looks like it makes no sense? Where's the correlation to be between a rock and a sling and a throne and a king? Draw me that map. Now we know, we have hindsight. We can look at the story and we can say how he got there. 
But prior to it happening, it made no sense. What has God given you right now that makes no sense? That maybe if you're faithful in it and content, you never know what it will do because faithful in the little is faithful with the much. The last thing I want you to I want you to write down David he was content he was confident in God's plan for his life God's provision for his life and he was also confident in God's protection he was content that God had him covered are you at peace in knowing that God's got you that God's got your family, that God's got your kids, God's got your life, you're protected. It takes faith, contentment. We've thought before, it just means people are just a little bit too chill. You're like, well, Ben, you say it because you're Australian, Australians are just always chill. Why'd you laugh so much? I know we are, but it's, it's, it's not chill. It's a quiet confidence in your God. Paul said in Philippians 4 verse 10, Paul's in prison. I mean, this joker, look at these words. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Hang on, hang on. Paul Sometimes I want to shake the dude and just remind him where he is. Like, bro, like you're on cloud nine. You're in a prison and you're starting a letter with, I rejoiced. I rejoiced greatly that now at last you care for me as far as again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need. Paul says, I don't need anything. Bro, you're in prison, prison. Like, how about a key to get out? That would be helpful. Paul says, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need anything. Why? For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Paul is in prison and he's saying, I'm good. I'm so good. I mean, that'll challenge you, won't it? What are the antonyms for contentment, anxiety, stress, fear? I think if ever we need a message like this in our world, this right now, to be content. It doesn't mean that you don't believe and pray and and declare that God's gonna break through and the situation's gonna change and all of those things. I'm not saying don't do that, but until it does, be content right now. When when, uh, Luke and my son is five, when we uh, went for his ultrasound, 
I shared this story a while back, but when we went to his uh, ultrasound, it must have been the second or third one. The uh, nurse is in there and she's looking and the doctor comes in, they're looking, they, they come and they say, We've got, we, find a, we found a cyst on his brain. And they said, There's, we do see markers for Down syndrome. And parents, you know, I mean, you hear that and you just, I mean, you freak out straight up, you, you know. And uh, so we go out to the car, we sit in the car. And, uh, and I said to Caressa, Luca's mom, I said, we're going to pray. I didn't feel like, you know, this super huge, big spiritual moment. I just knew what I had to do. Sometimes you just got to do it till you feel it, you know. And so I said, let's pray. So we prayed and I said, right. And I prayed and I said, God, we just cover this right now. And we cover Luca and we just put the blood of Jesus over him. I call his physical body to come in line with God's Word. I take authority over every spirit of disease and sickness and infirmity. And I break it off Him right now. I don't agree with that. I I believe the doctors and I love doctors and I'm so grateful for them. They're telling me what to pray for. So right now I'm praying against this cyst. I don't believe that this is the plan that you have for Him. And so we finished praying. I said, Amen. And and you know, that was it. Then, Then I remember just, I looked at Chris and I said, Okay. Now let's go and get a donut. And she looked at me like, you good for nothing, insensitive. How can you possibly wanna go and get a donut right now? And I remember saying, well, we've prayed and it's done. It's done, we've prayed. So the best thing I can do right now, I'm not... I'm believing that it's gonna change. But until it does, I'm not gonna let it steal my peace. So I'm gonna go to Sidecar Newport Beach and get myself a donut and a little espresso. And I'm gonna find a table outside in the sun with the sun on my face and a smile. And I'm gonna have a little donut that I probably don't need, but I want it anyway. And just give God praise, knowing that God is my provider. I'm gonna be confident in it. And I'm gonna let the devil watch me eat a donut while he's trying to steal my peace, while he's trying to... You got to know what it is to be content. Content. And listen, you want break? To, I'll pray for you. People come up, Pastor, you pray for me. And we're gonna pray this and this happened with my family. And they send me an email, Instagram me on Instagram. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. Sometimes I just wanna say, hang on, hang on, stop. Listen, stop. I just want you to take a breath. Because everything that you're doing is right, but the motivation is wrong. You are motivated by fear. I can feel it because I felt fine until you came up to me. Now I'm freaking out because you're freaking out. And it's possible to do the right thing with the wrong motivation. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just take a breath and say, you know what? God's got me.
God's got, this is a really good sermon. And I'm really, really proud of it. And I'm probably going to get the podcast myself and play it to myself and remind myself that I can be confident in God's plan for my life, God's provision for my life and God's protection. I need you now. Otherwise, I'll keep reaching. If you don't get on your feet and start to praise God like you know it's the end of the sermon. Listen, listen. Stand up, stand up. I know it's simple. I know it's basic. But this week, I want you to practice being content. I want to hear it come out of your mouth all week. God's got it. God's got it. God's got me. God's got my future. God's got my finances. I, 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 the Bible says to wait upon the Lord. Be patient in God. It doesn't say wait upon your 401k. Wait upon crypto. God knows. Listen, if you're waiting on crypto right now, you are depressed. Listen, Coinbase is not going to help you. You have to wait upon the Lord. God's got it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.